Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It's Wednesday, November 15th. Here's what's driving the day. The probably biggest news, the biggest revelation that we have this morning is that the government looks like it might stay open. On Tuesday night, the House passed a continuing resolution to keep the government open. The piece of legislation passed on a 336 to 95 vote. It will extend the funding at current spending levels for about 20% of the federal government until January 19th and the remaining 80% until February 2nd. This is what House Speaker Mike Johnson has been calling his laddered approach. He and his team say the latter deadlines are to let the House and the Senate to get together and actually negotiate full year spending bills through the two chambers, something that people are very interested to see is actually even possible in the current Congress that we have. As Democrats will often bring up, the White House and Kevin McCarthy already have this discussion about those 12 spending bills earlier this year and came to agreements. So getting them back at the table to do this, or even getting Democrats in the House and Senate back at the table to do this is going to be a feat. The good news for everyone who depends on the government is that Senate leaders say they're going to take up the legislation as soon as possible. Democratic leaders have over and over and over again said they don't like the way that this was handled. They don't like this kind of weird ladder situation, but they don't want to see the government close. And last night, a White House official told Playbook, quote, if it passes the Senate, the president will sign this continuing resolution that maintains current funding levels and has no harmful policy writers. They also added that House Republicans must stop wasting time on extreme partisan appropriations bills that break the bipartisan agreement two thirds of them voted for and instead work quickly with Democrats on full year appropriations bills. It's Wednesday, so the Senate does have time to get this passed and get this to President Biden's desk way before the Saturday deadline. So it looks like we have averted a shutdown once again. This is obviously the first big piece of legislation that the new speaker has gotten done. However, there are going to be ruffled feathers. Obviously, the far right and his party are not happy. They aren't happy that he went with getting more Democratic votes than Republican votes. Kind of the same things that cost his predecessor his job. Johnson's job seems safe for now. No one's really talking about ousting him this early on, but that doesn't mean that they're not pissed off. So that's something that we are going to continue to watch. And the big fight wasn't this time anyway. It's when we're going to have this other date in January, and that is outlined all in playbook this morning. And world leaders are converging on San Francisco this week at the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation. It is this regional economic forum that's been going on since 1989. Big business CEOs and more importantly, President Joe Biden will be there meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping for the first time in a very long time. And here now to chat with me about what he's going to be watching as those two leaders sit down during APEC is Politico's resident China expert, Philem Kine. Philem, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Big day, big week for your beat, huh? <laughs> it's a big day, a big week. And, you know, it's a big day for President Biden because he's been waiting a year to meet again with Paramount leader Xi Jinping. So, you know, anticipation is high. 
take uh, take us all a step back, a few steps back, and talk about where the relationship is now, because it feels like a lot of what the president and the administration's hoping to get done here is kind of a reset. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that the U.S.-China relationship is is at a 50-year low. And essentially, you know, President Biden is going into this meeting, having already made the case to the American people and to the world that the People's Republic of China is a threat to what Biden calls the quote-unquote rules-based international order. President Biden has spent the last three years building coalitions of allies and partners to counter China's growing military, political, and diplomatic power. This administration has accused China of committing genocide in Xinjiang. So, you know, this is a relationship that's extremely fraught. On the Chinese side, of course, we have seen, you know, much more intense saber rattling across the Taiwan Strait, threatening Taiwan. We've seen the Chinese government impose this stranglehold on Hong Kong's rights and freedoms. And, you know, at the same time, we've seen an extension of, of this trade war between the two countries that the Biden administration has intensified by imposing these restrictions export restrictions on high-tech items, particularly high-tech semiconductors. So this is a, a relationship that's really fraught and has really been sliding ever closer into the possibility of military conflict, either across the Taiwan Strait or somewhere else in the Indo-Pacific. You know, one of the things that I have found interesting about all this is as Biden is setting up to meet, they've had phone calls with us. Jake Sullivan got in front of the press. We talked to President Biden very shortly about what the expectations are. And it seems to me that the Biden folks are trying to basically have it both ways, keeping the expectations very low, um, which shows how bad the relationship is, but also kind of throwing out little things that tell us that they are going to talk about some huge stuff, fentanyl, artificial intelligence to military contact, bringing that back. So there are some big things that they're going to try to do, but the bar is very low for what they will use to call this a success. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, it's easier to talk about what isn't going to come out of this meeting. And, you know, the days of, you know, a senior, of, of a U.S. president and a Chinese leader coming out of a summit or a meeting with a, an ambitious joint statement that sort of charts a course for greater cooperation, those days are over. And so essentially, it's important for the two men who already have this existing relationship from, you know, many hours spent together when Biden was vice president to a basically inform each other, look, we're not going to see each other for a year because I, President Biden, am going into the presidential election cycle. And we need to make sure that over the next year, no matter what happens, no matter what the rhetoric on our side or your side, that we're not going to be sinking toward the possibility of conflict. That's what they want to do. So, you know, and essentially there's going to be some sort of sweeteners, some, some agreements that it's not fair to say they're progress. They're basically going to set the bar back to where things were in August 2022, when remember, then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan as a reprisal, China canceled, suspended a whole slew of cooperation. Okay, and we're going to see a return to various types of cooperation and dialogue. So you mentioned, for example, it's almost a sure thing that we're going to see a return to high level military to military contact. That's really important so that there is an ability for the highest levels of the military to contact each other in the times of, of crisis. 
it's almost for sure that we're going to see some kind of deal between the two to stop the flow of these precursor chemicals that come from Chinese chemical firms that go to Mexico, where Mexican cartels change them, transform them into fentanyl that gets onto the streets of American cities. So these are things that are essentially, there used to be these types of dialogues a couple of years ago. They're going to bring them back. Yesterday, I was in the briefing room when Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, came and kind of briefed us on the trip and what Biden was expected to say and do. He wouldn't say much, but the thing that he kept saying is that Biden is going in on a strong foundation on the front foot. He talked about all these d- domestic wins that the administration had, including and especially in their eyes, the economy. He talked about the foreign policy wins they've had, getting allies together for different issues, Ukraine aid and support being one of those things. And does it feel like to you that that's true, that Biden's headed into this on the front foot, that he has the quote-unquote upper hand as he goes to talk to the Chinese president, especially when that economy seems to be doing not as well as ours and, and folks seem to be doing a little bit rougher there? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I think that Jake Sullivan's emphasis on the economics is is important signaling. And like you mentioned, I mean, look, the Chinese economy is sputtering, right? This this economic Goliath is finally starting to slow down. High unemployment, a plunge in foreign direct investment. So those sort of key motors of the Chinese economy are starting to fail. And so Xi Jinping's objective, main objective here is to connect with U.S. corporates and to communicate to them that, look, China's open for business. We need your business. We value your business. We need your help to get this economy rolling again. And frankly, if Xi Jinping could skip the meeting with Biden and just spend all his time with corporates, he probably would do that. But diplomacy isn't that simple. A lot of domestic politics and the international politics that we'll be watching as well over this week. Mr. Philem, thank you so much for jumping on with us for the first time. And, you know, you have a lot to be writing and looking at as the week rolls out. So thanks. Thank you so much. And for your schedule today, the House and the Senate are both in. Obviously, the Senate has some work to do. And like I said, President Biden is in San Francisco at the APEC conference this week. His meeting with President Xi Jinping of China is happening at 11 West Coast time. For those of you that aren't good at math like me, that means two o'clock here on the East Coast. And so you'll be wanting to look at what comes out of that. It will tell us a lot about how the next couple of years between our two countries are going to go. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening.